is Locked on Jazz for the 25th of October. The Utah Jazz go to Sacramento and get a really good win. In fact, a better win than I think most people realize. We'll break down how they got it done, which was defense first and running late. Son Whiteside gave the Jazz big minutes. And what are the early trends of the NBA season? We'll delve into some numbers and see what that looks like. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, and you can subscribe on the button Right at the bottom left, if you're watching on YouTube, plus set an alert so you get notified whenever the show is available. You can also subscribe on or follow for free on Spotify, as well as on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You could be a cast boxer like me. I actually use Google Podcasts a lot. Just not doing the traditional stuff. Can't do that. All right. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Special hello to the whole crew early this morning. Caitlin, uh, Prelo, uh, Elijah, Perry, Blake, JJ, all stop, T-Man, all stopping by early um, for the morning show. Um, Chris, who's all fired up because Locked on Bets, our daily betting show on the Locked on Podcast Network, um, missed a bet. It happens. Lee does miss every now and then. Uh, so let's get to the win on Friday night against Sacramento. If you look at what a season takes, and actually we'll probably delve into this tomorrow a little more in depth, of what it takes to win, you know, 50, 55 games. 55 is a load of games in this league. Because right now there's only four bad teams in the league. Orlando, Oklahoma City, Houston, and Detroit, I think, are four bad teams. So there's probably only four teams all year that you think you can go get a win against when you play them. We probably should beat Oklahoma City all four times. We probably should beat Houston all four times. Uh, we'll find out coming up, though. They have, you know, we've got them coming up, and they've got great energy right now. Uh, that we probably should win both games against Detroit and probably should win both games uh, against Orlando. That's about it. Otherwise, your win percentage is not that high in all these games. And so when you play a close game on the road early in the season against a feisty group, that's a strong win. And that's that's what I would call a 55 win win. Like if you're going to try to get to 55 wins – and be the one seed this year, that's a massively important win. Uh, because, one, Sacramento's playing lights out energy-wise. Two, Sacramento was pretty good that night. They were feisty. They didn't shoot it great. Our defense was superb. We'll dig into that in a second. And it just took a lot of fight. It, and then it was tied at 95 with five minutes left. We went on a 13-2 run to close it out, and that's what a really good team with the veteran guys who have the continuity – that's what you do. That Those are all the reasons why our team is built exactly as it is right now. Um, so let's walk through what I think was really important the other night was the defense. The the offense, I mean, Sacramento just brought it early. 
And then if you look at it, though, our defense in the first quarter of the whole game, our defensive rating was a 98. So we've had back-to-back games now where our defensive rating is below 100. Oklahoma City is not even an NBA team, so I'm not, like, too impressed. But our defensive rating in, in the first quarter was 100, which then took us to five straight quarters of not allowing more than a point of possession. It was actually far better when Hassan Whiteside was on the floor in the 439 than Rudy, which is we'll get to as another note on that game, but it was unique. In the second quarter, our defensive rating again was 100. So our offense is struggling. Our offensive rating was an 85. We're having a hard time, and we're doing what really, really good teams do, which is hold it together on the defensive end, even when we're not getting the offensive possessions we want. So we went to six straight quarters without allowing more than a point of possession. In the third quarter, our offense finally kicks in. We have a 135 offensive rating. Uh, League average, by the way, offensive rating is about a 110. Uh, And we hold them to a 107. Again, Hassan Whiteside, remarkable uh, work with that that bench crew. And Trent Forrest got the minutes instead of Jared Butler there, played super. And we now start – now we take the lead. And then in the fourth quarter, we really clamp down – our defensive rating is an 84.0, and we close it. So in th- seven of our eight uh, quarters so far, we've played this year, we've got a defensive rating of below one. That's that's pretty fabulous. The other one is, if you just kind of look at it, that game gets tight at, you know, we'll call it the six-minute mark of the game. And in the final six minutes, our defensive rating is an 80. You know, that's really what we had to do. The final five minutes, that game is tied at 95. And we hold them to a 61. Like, and our offense wasn't superb. Like, we'll talk about running, and we did a lot of nice things. And I love the way we closed because there were some flaws in the way we closed games all the time last year for what our team is. Um, but we, once we subbed in our guys, we actually shut it down predominantly defensively. And then Sacramento's not a very good half court team, so that's that's part of it. We got them into the half court uh, team right there. So that's the what did now. Really what, what I saw in that was just a, the Jazz got disrupted and held it together. And so everything that makes us wonder if you're good, they held it together, they continued to defend, they broke through, and then they made the plays late. Let's talk about late. Because what we did late is we ran. And I put together a compilation that's available on my Instagram at dlock 9 where we also do um, on the floor, or kind of on the floor, so we're calling it, uh, before the game. And then secondarily... Uh, we also, uh, you can get it at, uh, I think you can get it on my Facebook and on Twitter. So if we look at the, what we did late in that game and how we played it, what, what we did that was impressive is we ran. And last year in the final five minutes of a close game, Donovan Mitchell has the highest usage rate of any player in the NBA. It's not great. That's not a great script because what makes us so special is the variable attack, the multiple pick and roll ball handlers, the different ways Donovan's really special. He's our guy that if we're just going to isolate down and get it. But I like, you know, Quinn always wants us to run, 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 and run early. We did it early in the year last year, so this isn't like the first time we've done it in any way, shape, or form. But we – and then we kind of pulled out of – as the year went on, we did a little less. We got more – we also played less close games. We were just running people out of the gym all the time. And so if you look at what we did on that – on the night, last night, if you just kind of – here's our final five minutes of offense. So Mike Conley misses a layup, and we were 12 seconds into the shot clock. Okay, middle of the clock, half-court set, out of a timeout, no big deal. 
Barnes misses. Gobert gets the rebound. Donovan misses a three with five, five seconds into the shot clock. It's great. Like, get it up the floor quickly. We just happen to miss. They miss again. Fox takes an 11-footer. They become mid-range. She slow. They get late in the clock. Gobert rebounds, and we get a layup five seconds into it. Bogdan, we push ahead to Bogdanovich. She overpowers Tyrese Halliburton and lays it up in it. Fox turns it over. Gobert gets the alley-oop six seconds off the shot clock. So in our opening possessions, the final two minutes, we're at 12 seconds, five seconds, five seconds, six seconds. Kings call timeout. Barnes turns it over. Conley with the steal. We run off the steal. Bogdanovich misses the three. Probably would have won the ballgame right there. Five seconds in the clock again. Uh, Gobert gets fouled, so it's free throws, no time. Buddy Heald misses a really deep, bad three. Bogdanovich rebounds. We shoot this time 12 seconds in the shot clock where O'Neal misses a floater. So it's more, we get into a half court set. Then uh, they miss, uh, they miss, get the rebound. They miss at, at 202. Bogdanovich the rebounds, and we end up with a late shot clock, 24 second clock violation, basically. Fade away three on the right side as Donovan gets stymied by Davian Mitchell, who was impressive. So now it's a long shot clock. Fox gets a layup. We then play a 22-second shot clock. We miss a layup. They turn it over on really what's the key play of the whole game, 101-97. We get late in the shot clock. Donovan going one-on-one on Mitchell, missing. We're back not running because they made a shot. We're into the half-court set. And Buddy Heald throws a terrible pass that we turn into a go-bear dunk. Then maybe the next key play of the game, Davian Mitchell misses a three. We battle for the rebound. Donovan comes out with it at 49.9 seconds, brings it up the front court. We shoot it eight seconds into the clock and hit. And so that's how we close the game the other night. We close the game running, which is an interesting one. We'll have to keep an eye on whether we can keep it up and whether we can keep to it. Some other um, items I want to talk about was on white side. A lot of people, you know, Jared Butler's all that matters. So why Trent Forrest played, other than the fact that Trent Forrest was every bit as good as Jared Butler in preseason, just in a different way. So it shouldn't be that surprising, but we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, and then we'll look at, take some of your questions because they seem to be coming in nicely on the chat room today. And then also, uh, where is the NBA? What's it doing? What's the early trends of where the NBA is? Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Murdoch Chevy. The Murdochs, after 80-plus years in Utah, have decided that despite the car shortage, despite most dealerships out there deciding that they're going to take advantage of this by putting MSRP up and adding on five or $10,000 in all car purchases, they are not going to do it. The Murdochs vow that they will not charge you extra uh, because of the car shortage right now that's taking place in, at all. So same prices as always for the Murdochs' commitment to Utah. And right now at Murdoch Chevy, there's some great things going on. Uh, the, they have a new all-electric 2023 Lyric debut coming out, rear-wheel drive. Beautiful car, so go check. That's coming out here um, in a little bit um, as well. That's uh, also going on is the Murdoch Chevy uh, introducing the 2020 uh, GMC Sierra the Murdochs have going on. That's also at their Cadillac of Logan store uh, that's taking place. They've got some extra stuff going on there. Murdoch Chevy. We've got the Equinox, the Trax, the Traverse, which is the bigger SUV, 
the Trailblazer and Blazer, the SUV lineup is amazing. The Suburban and the Tahoe, $1,500 uh, cash allowance back on a bunch of different purchases right now. All at Murdoch Chevy, located Woods Cross, also the Logan store as well. So go check it out in Mur- at Murdoch Chevy or Murdoch Chevy in Logan. Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross or Murdoch Chevy in Logan. Check it out. All going on. If you're going to head over to either of them, feel free to email me first. I'll set you up with a locked on VIP meeting. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV. Do you have one remote doing this, one device doing that, another? Well, it's all time to get rid of that. Get DirecTV Stream. It brings your jazz games to you as well. Stream your favorite shows. Watch sports highlights on your phone. All those things do it in one place. DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again, and best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. All right, some good questions are coming in. A lot of activity on the chat room. Good morning to uh, all those out there uh, as well, to Brighton and Nate, uh, to Blake. Uh, let's see what... Uh, Blake Hesley, I know you've talked about it a few times, but Whiteside can get his screener, screen set near Rudy's level. He'll be amazing. His energy defense has been so fun to watch so far. Hassan Whiteside may be being motivated by playing in Sacramento, who just sent him off to the pasture last year, um, and just sent him out to go be by himself and not be part of the team for much of the year. Uh, really was terrific, and he was the key to the basketball game. We do not have a lot of nights in which Rudy Gobert is a negative. But on that night, Rudy Gobert was minus nine, and assigned Whiteside was a plus 18. He had eight points and nine rebounds. He had an assist and a block in 16 minutes. And if you go look at his stints on the floor, it's really pretty impressive. When he was on the floor that night, and what the Jazz did was great. So Whiteside checks in at his regular moment, about the 6.52 mark, he plays – Four minutes and 40 seconds. This is a massive adjustment for Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside in his career has been a starter for 355 games, I believe it is. And if you look at his career minutes played, 324 games, he's played his average minutes played in reverse order. In Portland, he played 30 a night. In Miami, he played 23, 25, 33, 29, and 24. Last year in Sacramento, he played just 36 games, 15 minutes. So he's now got to figure out what he's doing, which is not only not playing 30 minutes or not even playing 25, but playing four-minute stints. So he played four minutes and 38 seconds. He had four rebounds. While he was on the floor, he went on a 12-4 run. In that stint, he was on predominantly with Royce, Joe, Donovan, and Boyan. Pretty good players, right? He basically, he and Joe come in together. And then Clarkson came in on the backside of it. His second stint, he comes in, he played for three minutes and 30 seconds. Again, this is hard. It's a lot easier to play seven, eight minutes and get in a rhythm. He plays this with Clarkson, O'Neal, Donovan, and Boyan. By this point, Joe's been ejected. So Clarkson's now in for a little bit longer stint, and he's playing in that sense. And in that period of time, the Jazz are plus two which is great. Like if he can be plus two in every stint all year, we're going to be amazing. 
Third quarter, three minutes, 25 seconds again. Jordan, Royce, Donovan, Boyan. Now, the nice thing is you begin to see him playing with the same guys. This is where Quinn does a really nice job. And so because he's beginning to play with the same guys all the time, he begins to learn a little bit. They go on a 6-0 run in that stretch. Uh, he actually ends up plus two again. Eric Paschal comes in for the last little tiny bit of that uh, with Whiteside for the final minute of that group has Eric Paschal on the floor. So eventually he'll play with Rudy Gay. And then in his next stint, he plays four minutes and 18, 12, 18 sec or four minutes and 12 seconds. And that's when the Jazz really take control of the game. They go on a 10-0 run while he's on the floor. This one's a little different. He plays with Pascal Moore, who's been on the floor the whole time. Clarkson, in and out a little bit. Mike Conley, a little bit, because Mike Conley's now playing a different rotation. He's plus four with Conley. And Donovan Mitchell, and a little less with Boyan Bogdanovich. What's interesting to look at is who did he match up with on the Kings? So in the first in, it's mostly Alex Len. In the second stint, it's mostly Alex Len. In the third stint, it's mostly Alex Len. And in the fourth stint, it's a little bit of a combination of all. They played Tristan Thompson kind of out of nowhere in there for a little bit. And then it's got a little Alex Len to it who came back and played a little bit. It might even have a little bit of Sean Holmes in it. So it's going to be interesting to watch what other teams do about Rudy. People are on to the fact that the Jazz played this unique style last year and it ended up causing you know and so people are going to match their substitutions differently I think and try to avoid allowing the Mike Conley Rudy Gobert second unit to destroy you two all-star second unit will destroy most people and teams are going to try um, to avoid that um, Nate wants to know why didn't Jared Butler play so honestly I don't know the answer um Pretty clearly, he missed some sort of something um, in the two minutes he played. Now, we one of the other reasons is because Trent Forrest was available, and Trent Forrest is a better defensive player and a better distributor. And what Butler is a better handler and better shooter and better self-creator. And so when you look at those, you know, what the matchup is and who's on the floor for what, there, there's some art, you know, there might be times in which it makes sense to have uh, Butler on the floor, and there's other times it might have sense to have Forrest on the floor. I don't – there's not a big change there. When Butler was on the floor, from our standpoint, you know, Mitchell turned it over. Clarkson hit a layup. Clarkson missed a three. Donovan hit a three. Mitchell turned it over. Those were the offensive possessions. The defensive, he's, he's, first of all, he's not going to play more than two or three minutes any time. So I, he might have just been pulled on his natural run. He's not playing more than two or three minutes if Mike Conley's available. Bagley missed a shot. Davis got an alley-oop layup. Fox missed a layup. Uh, they made some substitutions. Halliburton came in for Fox. Davion missed a three-footer. Halliburton missed a floater. Halliburton got a steal and got a layup. And then we subbed. Royce O'Neal in the game. So did Royce O'Neal, was it Royce O'Neal trying to match someone? I, I don't know. Um, was it a disciplinary pull? I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem like it. I'd have to go rewatch that sequence. But, it, you know, what I think is most important is, he, you know, he's not intended to play more than two to three, four minutes in any stint anyway. That's 
that's the that's kind of how they're planning to use it. Um, you know, Jordan's going to play his minutes. Joe's going to play his minutes. You could have done some different things with Joe out. Only took some of those minutes, and then they fiddled around with him in the fourth quarter, in the third quarter. Uh, Danny for the Philippines says hi. Um, Jack T says Bogey seems to have a hard time getting into a rhythm with a few possessions. This is a problem, as he will um, not get more. So this is going to be an ongoing issue all year long for our team. And that is that we can't have everyone have a good game at the same time. It's impossible. We don't have enough possessions to go around for everybody. Right? So, you know, if everybody took the amount of shots that they want to take and need to take to, to get in their flow and get in their rhythm, we, we don't have enough shots. Boyan got 11 shots the other night. Scored 13 points. Mike got 12 shots. Clarkson took 19 shots in 23 minutes. Like, that's a high volume. Donovan took 25. There just aren't that many more shots to go along around. We had 90 shots. Royce ended up taking seven, which is a lot for him, even without Joe out there. So somebody like Bogey is going to have these nights. We saw it all last year, and then Bogey got going when he got back up to his regular amount of shots in a game. But you have to remember that if you look at Boyan Bogdanovich's career and what he's done at different points in his career, he, in in Indiana, he was taking 13 shots. He came to us, he took 15 shots a game. He went to 13 last year. That's a, like, it doesn't sound like two shots is a lot, but it's a lot. It's, you know, about 13, 15% decrease. And so far this year, he's at, he's at 14 again with getting 11 on one night and getting 19 on the other. So our guys are going to look like they're not in rhythm and not having an impact because there aren't enough possessions to go around for them. That's that's kind of the reality um, on it. And what gets difficult is, you know, Jeff says here, agree with Riker, uh, Bogey needs more touches, can score from anywhere, usually gets easier matchups, focused on Don, Rudy, and Conley. Okay, that's probably, you know, Harrison Barnes was guarding was a great player. Boy, I would love Harrison Barnes. <sighs> Harrison Barnes is going to win somebody a championship if they ever trade. He's just such a nice player. Um, but... That might be true in the sense that Bogey, you know, those other possessions, but you do uh, the, the comment that you have to make sure you understand um, that you're taking anytime Bogey shoots, somebody else isn't, right? That's like, it's it's a, a zero-sum game. Somebody else is taking those possessions. Final thought before we get into the trends of the year, it's probably hard for Quinn to keep Butler because of his defense and the Kings are going hard. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the other one is that Trent Forrest is really good. And does a lot of things well. And his only thing he doesn't do well is shoot. And it probably in a short stint, Trent played seven minutes, was plus five. It, it's probably not going to kill you. He had two gorgeous assists, gorgeous plays in that game. I talked to Trent for a long time uh, or a decent amount of time before um, that um, after shoot around that day. That was his second concussion ever. His first was at Florida State. This was bad, he said. He just was in the dark all the time, didn't feel well, trainer calling him every three hours. Um, and he said it was just such a bummer because he had had such a good camp and played so well, and then all of a sudden that hit, and he just felt completely as though, you know, he'd taken a step backwards. So I think also nice confidence boost from the coaching staff to say we haven't forgotten about you. Uh, we'll come back. What are the trends of the NBA? Are we playing faster? Are we playing slower? Are we shooting more threes? Are we making more threes? We'll look at all that as we continue uh, today. Today's show is brought to you by – Prize picks. If you are going to be playing DFS prop, prize picks offers more NBA props 
than any other daily fantasy sport prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Uh, so prize picks offers any prop you can think of from yards to touchdowns to interceptions thrown on football and on basketball, all of them as well. All your users, uh, all the users deposit, use your promo code NBA and you get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick two to five players and over under on projections. You can win up to 10 times an entry. It's up to you versus the projected numbers. Prize pick allows mixed sports entries. So you can go over on LeBron and under on Mahomes, and you get the award-winning app, the App Store, and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's prize picks. It's safe. Otherwise, fast. It offers fast withdrawals. Promo code NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. What does Built have stored up for us? The most delicious flavors there for everyone. When you talk to a Built fan, they all have their favorites, whether it's coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, or German chocolate cake. Or one of the Built Bar specials that are going on right now. Coconut puffs are back. Blueberry muffin available. Cherry lime still available. Rocky Road and strawberry are the spe- strawberry puffs are the special flavors right now. They always have around 130 calories 2.5 fat grams, 4 net carbs, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. Build your own box. Get the mix box. It's all at Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off. By the way, Built Bar is your official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team and the U.S. ski team. They were. Congratulations to Michaela Schifrin, win number seventy. Congratulations to Park City, Utah's Maddie Hoffman, who made her World Cup debut as well. So cool. Let's see. These are all my Maddie Hoffman, not Michaela Schiffer. Maddie Hoffman's one of my kids. Kids, great kid that my uh, my kids have grown up with in the ski world and see them making it all the way out to the World Cup at this point is pretty awesome. Uh, so keep rooting. we got a bunch of local kids US on the U.S. team in the Olympic year. Maybe we'll see Breezy Johnson who went to the Rollmark Academy. Uh, maybe we'll see uh, Katie Henshin make it up to that level. Another great one out at the University of Denver, another Romar kid, so all sorts of good stuff. Uh, maybe Matty Hoffman makes the Olympics for Australia. All these names you don't know that I do and I'm rooting for and I care about, so I share with you. Um, all right, uh, what are the trends of the league? So I want to look at three things to see if we learn anything that's going on right now. Um, first off, watching, it feels like nobody can miss from three. Like, watching the games – it feels like nobody can miss from three. And so the three-point shooting percentage in the NBA right now is 35.6. So I'm wrong because that number is lower than last year. Last year, teams made 37% of their three-point shots. The year prior, teams made uh, 36% of their shots from three. So I actually was thought this would be a big story and let's keep an eye on it that in 1920, when we kind of had the beginning of the three point explosion, teams made 36% of their threes. It jumped a full percentage point last year in a shortened truncated non practicing COVID laden, exhausting season. And I thought we could go from 37 to 38. And then that really starts to change the math of the league at a pretty dramatic level. 
We are not right now. We are at 35.6, which then led me to wonder, what about last year? And so I ran the numbers on the opening three or four games of last year, and the number was 35.6, which is the exact same as what we have right now. So that was super interesting to me because what that told me was that three-point shooting gets better as the season goes on. And it might be that a bunch of guys are trying three-point shots right now who stop taking three-point shots somewhere along the way. But early in the year last year, teams shot 35.6. They're shooting 35.6 up to this point. But they finished at 37.2. It also means that when it starts to zero in, everyone gets everything figured out, the three-point shooting moves up to about that 38% mark for the rest of the season. So I thought that was really interesting. Three-point shooting is down, but it was also down at this point early overall. What about frequency? We've seen this rise of three-point shooting in frequency of shooting over the years. Last year was 36 Point one, if we just kind of walk back, if you don't, so if we go back to 17 18 season, we took 31% of our shots in the 17 18 season, the league did from three, 31.1% of all shots. The next year it jumped to 33. So there was your two percentage point jump. Then in 1920, there was another big jump to 35.5, another two percentage point jump. And then last year, we slowed. We went to a 0.5% jump. We went to 36.1. And what are we going to do this year? This year, we're at 37.2% of all shots are three. So we're at a full percentage point jump. Again, what is that compared to the usual early in the year numbers uh, that we would expect to see by this point of the season. And this is really interesting. So if you run the numbers of this point last year, what you end up with is that as of this point last year, the, the, sorry, I just did a mistake. I want to double check my numbers. I have it up, but it's such an important number to be right. Um, And I was double doing it a second time. If you look at it last year at this point, just a few games into the season, Only 34.9% of shots were threes. We finished the year at 36.1. This year, we're at 37.2. So we're 2.3 percentage points higher than we were at the same point of last year. Now, if we go back to the last normal season of and go to 2019, is that trend does that trend hold? And in that year, in the early going, 34.7% of shots were threes, and we finished at 35.5. So traditionally, for whatever reason, early three-point shooting is usually much lower than the number we finish at, and we're up a full percentage point. In fact, we're up from 34.7 two years ago 
34.8 last year to 37.2. There may be a massive three-point shooting explosion taking place in the league. We may be heading in two years ago in the full season, the, the regular season rate was 0.8 percentage points higher, almost a full percentage point higher than the early season three or four games in. Last year, it was 1.2 points higher. Okay, so let's just take that we're the number we're at right now, we're going to add a percentage point on top. If that's the case, we're having another two percentage point increase to the amount of threes being taken. We're going to finish the year at 38% of all shots being threes. And last year was 36% of all shots being threes. So we'll see if this continues. And it might even go a little bit more. But, you know, and this is obviously to some extent, a you know, a, a, from a jazz standpoint, my biggest concern, everybody plays fast and everybody shoots threes and Rudy's impact is down. Pace of play is exactly the same as it was at this point last year. It's up from the league last year. It was at 99.5. We're at 101.3. Two years ago, we were at 101.1. So we're basically the exact same as what we were. All right, that's my early things for you. It is Locked on Jazz. Thank you very much for making us the first listen every single day. You're set for your second listen today. Go listen to Locked on NBA, your daily 30-minute podcast running you through all the action of the weekend and the night's action each and every day. It's Locked on NBA. Thanks for making us the first listen. We'll be back with you tomorrow previewing Denver, looking at 55 wins and whatever other fun things happen between now and then. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.